Welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders Podcast. It's time to learn from Ryan and Lucas how to become a short-term rental property host and start a successful vacation rental business. Get ready to learn and be the best host you can be. And now your hosts, Ryan and Lucas. Hey, it's Ryan. And this is Lucas. Welcome back to another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders. This episode is going to be discussing um, the processes and unfortunate reality that you may have to close one someday. (laughs) Nothing lasts forever, right? That's true. Nothing (laughs) lasts forever. There's a lot of reasons you'll have to close down an Airbnb and there's a whole lot of processes you have to go through. Um, You could be rental arbitration and the owner of the building could decide they just don't want to do it anymore and they want to go back to standard property management and long-term rental. Uh, You could be using one of your properties as uh, an Airbnb and decide you want to live there. I mean, that could happen to one of yours, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you've got... I I have owners that will eventually retire to their... And that's their point, right? Luxury. That's the whole point of it. Right. Buy it early. Like, in other words, uh, let's, let's make up a number here. 15 years before they retire. Yep. So, for about a decade and a half, they'll rent it out. The mortgage will be paid for in that time. Yep. Maybe even paid off. If they have a 15-year mortgage. They'll they'll make some money. They'll do some renovations to it. That'll be nice. And then 15 years passes by. Some of those mortgages, unlikely to be paid off, and you know, depending on the down payment they put down, right. but neither here nor there. Um, but they'll retire to it. And I do have multiple owners who do plan on retiring to those condos. So it's I, a very real scenario that yeah. you're going to have to, you're going to be involved in a process of closing these down yes. at some point. Some of yeah. them. Not that your whole yeah. portfolio would go and, at once. And we'll have an episode about transitioning that and closing i guess right. closing it down from the, yeah that's different that's yeah, different we're talking it down from shutting the management it down. side it's like for for you if you're shutting down like a rental arbitrage unit there's so much more that goes into it than right. for me i mean right. i just have it on the back end administration side of the mm-hmm. airbnb accounts and mm-hmm. obviously i would have like a a date set in time when it's going to be closed down the owners and i mm-hmm. would coordinate that when they're moving in yeah don't take any reservations and it would be a fairly simple close down process for me um, in fact, I, I just closed down one, speak of the devil, here November 30th. Mm-hmm. Um, How'd that process go? And it just went super easy. I mean, we... You just you just turned the listing off, right? You're like, no more reservations. These are the date we're going to pick. Yep. And that was it. And that after was that it. date, your last guest checked out and it was over. Correct. Yeah. For me and uh, that owner, for, for those who are in management, you know, I had simply stated to her my management style and her ownership. They just don't mesh very well. And, um, you know, we agreed two months ago that November 30th would be the last date. And um, So that wasn't really a closure per se. That was more of a, I'm not managing for you anymore. Correct. Yeah, but okay. in the same instance. <laughs> no, well, yeah, and but in the same instance of it, you know, whether an owner's moving in or not, I was given two months. Right, to close it. Yeah, and it, the same process would take place. Here's a date and time that there's no more reservations. Right. And and after that, I'm just so going to So it's pretty simple that way. Yeah, Right. So then... One of the other scenarios could be that um, maybe someone had you as a manager, um, or as my case, you know, as an arbitration uh, renter, uh, rental arbitrage, uh, in a in a space temporarily. Um, so uh, the other thing could be you know extenuating circumstances uh, or or some you know like some pandemic related issues uh, around an Airbnb. So let's go through these reasons because those are all of things I've experienced. Okay, number one. I have been signed on with property owners for temporary um, rental arbitration because a person who was attempting to sell their house before they moved out of state for a job that was going to be like a seven-month gig, um, they didn't didn't sell the house. 
it didn't work out. And so I was connected through uh, real estate agents, actually a friend of mine you know, um, that is a real estate agent. One of her selling agents came to me and said, you know, uh, Bree says you're, you're the Airbnb guy and you've got multiples and you've got a team. Uh, a client of mine needs to generate some revenue out of her home for a period of time. And then when she gets back, um, we're going to try and sell it again. And I was like, okay, I'm game. I went into that situation um, with an agreement in place with the owner. And I, I honestly, dude, I didn't care what her actual mortgage amount was. I don't know what her mortgage was. It didn't matter. What her and I agreed to was a dollar amount that I knew I could make money on. Um, and I said, look, I, I know the market for a three-bedroom house here. I know where you are. I know what you're close to. And it wasn't a terrible location, but it wasn't a great house. The location was the only thing that was going to sell it because the house was actually awkward and weird. Um, bedrooms were really tiny. There was heating issues. It was one of those old houses. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I, for the local folks that are listening, it was just one of those houses in St. Paul that just wasn't that great. Um, well, you know, that's why it was going to be sold at a later date. Right. <laughs> and, and that's why it had trouble selling in a hot real estate market. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know. Um, but it, good news, folks, it did sell later. Uh, the next summer it did sell. But anyway, got in there, and she left a ton of her furniture for me. She left a ton of uh, dishwares and things of that nature. It made it easy for me to come in. And that was the only reason I took it on is because I think I had to bring, like, some linens. And I think I brought in, like, a TV. And we filled in the blanks on some of her dishware oh, stuff. That's nice. That was about it. Yeah. Um, so we were plug and play for the most part. So when the time came, which we knew the date, you know, when we started, we knew what day we were ending. When it came time to close, it was a matter of us walking in there saying, all right, last guest just checked out. We gathered all our linens and basically between a truck and an SUV, we loaded garbage bags full of linens because we knew we were going to another location. And we, we had now all of these linens just get, um, you know, swallowed up into our inventory for the larger operation on the other side of town. That was it. And we had a surplus of cleaning supplies at all the other places. We just distributed them all over yeah. the place. So we had extra paper towels, toilet paper, whatever, and, and, you know, laundry detergent, the whole nine yards. And we just bup, 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 bup to every house, done. And yeah. that, so that was uh, a relatively easy close, and it was an expected close. Nobody was caught off guard. Yeah, so I think probably, like, the two main parts of closing down here are, you know, rental arbitrage, and then if you own, you know, like, mm -hmm. I know, you know, one of your properties is, you know, you have it separated like a duplex and mm -hmm. a basement upstairs. And, you know, if you were to close down just I one of the I could decide I want to live in the apartment yeah. in that property and say, you know what? I don't need as much space as I have in my four-bedroom house. Yeah. I'd rather just live by myself in that, that one-bedroom apartment. No, between you and me, that apartment makes so much darn money. I'm not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd be we foolish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, folks, this is a totally side topic, and I apologize for going on a tangent, and I'm totally famous for this, but, um, you know, gosh, the, the if you have a house that has a rentable space on Airbnb, I mean, I have, um, this has facilitated me to paying literally double my mortgage now. I pay double mortgage payments, and it's all from Airbnb money. It's not from my earned income. It's all from Airbnb money. So let that sink in a little bit. If you're still on the fence about doing this and you've made it to episode 62 or whatever we're at. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's us being real. You know, we're not telling you that you're going to be a millionaire, but you can make a double mortgage payment. Yeah. You know, now if I didn't have, if I didn't have the financial discipline I have to dedicate all of the extra proceeds I earn from Airbnb to paying my mortgage early, uh, that would mean I'd have thousands of dollars from one property extra. 
but I don't I don't think that way. I think how can I become uh, you know liquid faster? How can I be solvent with no debt faster? Okay, cool. So this is allowing me to pay double on my mortgage. Um, and when the remodeling company has a good year, we make bonus payments and we get this thing out of the way. I want yeah. this mortgage yeah. gone in four years. That's my goal. And Airbnb is making that happen. Um, so I would be foolish to then close that nice little apartment down because <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. ruin that plan. But so back to the second scenario where I've had to close one. Um, you guys are familiar with this little thing. It was, it was kind of a small event, the uh, pandemic that happened in March of 2019, or 2020, I should say, COVID-19. No, I'm kidding. I'm being sarcastic. Um, It was sort of a big deal. So here's the thing. I had a property in one of my rental properties that I was in the process of converting to another Airbnb. So I was just building my portfolio, and I was opening an Airbnb, and I was getting it set up in January and February of 2020. And Lucas, you were actually in town over that period of time, you helped me move furniture into that I house. Did. Yeah, I did. And it was like, it must have been like a week, two weeks after you were here. And that's when that's when the earth shut down. That's when the country shut Correct. down and everything crashed. And um, for those of you that don't know this, um, March 18th of 2020 was like, one of the worst days to be in this business ever. And there's no other way to put it. It was horrible. There came a point during the next 72 hours that I just wanted to shut my phone off because every time my phone made a noise, it was an Airbnb notification that another cancellation had come through because Airbnb, as of March 18th, 19th of 2020, told all guests regardless of our cancellation policy, they were allowed to cancel because of the, the pandemic. I'm not going to get into the politics of it, whether it was a right or wrong decision. It's what they did. Yeah. I mean, and I'll, our calendars I'll state, I'll, went state, empty. I'll state that for the record, though, for VRBO is they gave guests. They uh, handled it differently. They gave guests and hosts the opportunity to negotiate, say, a next year. Right. Move it to the next year. Yeah. Move it out, you know, without so, foregoing the cancellation Whereas policy. on the Airbnb side, it was just a simple... The host uh, penalty-free yeah. cancellation. Airbnb did not care that people had rent and mortgages to pay. Um, but could they? I don't know. I mean, that's. I'm not going to sit and debate this. That's actually a. If we want to step into a very sensitive topic in a sensitive area, we we could go ahead and have a whole episode about the pandemic and how it was handled and what we did and what we didn't do and and how we got through it because we're still here. It was hard, you know. We're you still under, here. Yeah. I'm, you know, super side tangent, I guess. I guess you understand it from the guest point, but you understand it from the host point. Yeah. You know? Well, at the end of the day, um, yeah, all right. So almost went into a thing that could have been five minutes. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, stop. Yeah. So here I was uh, furnishing and and uploading a new listing for, uh, for launch. Uh, so I'm working really hard over the whole month of February. I'm actually, with the owner's blessing and his money, uh, we were renovating the place. We had it painted, carpeted. I had a bunch of stuff done. I had the bathroom redone because, again, I'm in the remodeling business. So, obviously, my property management business uses my remodeling company to do the works. So we were just crushing it in there, getting the place all super nice. And I got to the point where I'm hanging artwork and putting couches and furnishings and TVs everywhere. That particular property, guys, I put $5,000 into because it was a pretty large three-bedroom house. Um, that was on the higher end of what I've spent to put these houses together. 
Um, but I did that one. I did that one really solid. I wanted to impress people. Um, pandemic hits. There I am <laughs> with my brand new furnished house and I'm about to be on the hook for rent to the owner. So the first thing I did is I went to the owner and I said, you know, going to need a month of furlough. <laughs> this is, this is, we're launching and now we, we can't do anything about it. And, um, through the grapevine, one, one thing led to another and I had a lead come my way because I'm a, I'm a well-known property manager amongst my circle of friends and my business associates. And I was, uh, given the opportunity at a long-term tenant. I mean, literally three weeks after the pandemic hit. Um, I was, I had an opportunity to rent the place and I had an agreement in place with the owner, um, for what he needed per month out of the building and for what these guys were willing to pay and what I was able to sign them for a lease for, I, I could actually make money for, uh, two years that they were willing to sign on. And I looked at it and I said, well, this is guaranteed money for two years. But the problem is guys, I now had furniture in there. <laughs> They didn't want my furniture. They didn't want my beds. They didn't want my TVs. They didn't want my artwork. They didn't want the house the way it was shown. It was staged as if we were going to sell a house like for a real estate agent, you know, or an Airbnb listing. It was perfectly staged. Um, I would have moved into it the way it was, but these guys owned their own stuff. So I had to pack up. The good news is, at the same time, I had another unit turn over from long term in a in a building where I had uh, an understanding with the owner that every property of his was going to turn over to Airbnb as people moved out. It turned out I was able to move that furniture to another house. And the same thing happened with the linens. They got swallowed up into the larger machine of my, my bigger portfolio in a different part of the city. Do you sell anything? Uh, on that one I did because I had the, one of the, the third bedroom, I treated it like the kids' room. Because I felt like people were going to come to that house in a family situation. Or Is that the one that had the bunk beds? Correct. So I, I took the third bedroom and I put two bunk beds that would then be able to sleep four kids. Mm -hmm. In, you know, let's say there's no kids. I had two queen beds, one in each bedroom upstairs. And I had then four bunk beds in the form of, uh, well, four full-size beds in the form of two bunk beds downstairs. So you theoretically could have slept eight adults. But I imagine there's a scenario where two families, because there's a massive water park nearby, there's two families with two kids could come in there and you could literally, you know, house two full families. Yeah, yeah. And the couches, you remember those things? They were, yeah. they were so wide. They were big. They were like beds. That's and I thought, we moved in there. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, you know, this house could, could effectively sleep like 10 people if it had to. So it was going to be one of my biggest houses that I was going to rent out. Well, I was able to repurpose everything except the... Um, the bunk beds. So I had to unload those. And so I sold those at a ridiculous bargain. I bought them at Ikea brand new. Mattresses and everything. It was like $1,000 in bunk beds and mattresses. And I dumped it for like 400 bucks just to get rid of it. You know, so that sucked. It was a loss. Good news, guys. You can make your money back on that kind of stuff. It's just take your losses and roll on, you know. Um, and then the third scenario um, I've experienced, that was stressful enough, by the way. I mean, I, I, I put a place together and less than 30 days later, I was taking it apart. That sucked. Yeah, that's, that would suck. <laughs> I made my money back within three months of collecting rent from the guys for anything, you know, time and energy that was lost. Um, and then the owner was super happy because then I locked in his numbers that he needed. 
Um, the third scenario would be uh, in, in the scenario where you're a rental arbitration listing owner and a host and the owner of the building you're doing rental arbitration in decides it's time to sell. Um, in a perfect world, they give you a good heads up and you pick a date and you shut her down. Now, you all know that there is a feature in booking settings on your Airbnb and VRBO listings that allows you to say how far out into the future you're willing to take reservations. In my case, I have always said, I don't want reservations beyond six months. I just don't feel comfortable not knowing about the future six, eight, nine, 12 months from now. Of course. In your case, I'm fully aware that you'll book a year ahead, sometimes more. Because have, you have events, yeah, right? Yeah, I have limited everything out to nine months. Okay, so now you're down to nine months. Nine All right, months. so so like if someone is in town for the Daytona 500, they can't go and say, I like this place, I want to book it for next year. Bingo. They can message me and say, I want to book it for next year, but they're not going to go. Snipe. You can earmark it. Yeah, yeah. We got, okay. we'll, we'll, have a, uh, we'll have an episode about prices yes. and that around that. Perfect, so we'll get perfect. Because there's a, there's a reason for that. There's we're a not going to get into it. it today. Yep. Okay. Very good. So, um, so this happened where an owner, um, and he actually had more than one of my Airbnbs in his buildings, and um, he did not give me that much time. And I had to get on the phone, and I had to actually cancel some reservations off into the future. And if you know the implications of canceling uh, reservations as the host, it's negative. It's not good. Airbnb doesn't want you as the host to be canceling because they will take away your super host status. Yes. Um, so I had to call these folks that had reservations several months down the road, and I had to negotiate for them to click the cancel button. That was uh, the first thing that was difficult in this process. Once that part was handled, I was narrowed down to a date that everything did officially end. And every, you know, in the last like 30 days of, of that time period, I just blocked the calendar off so there wouldn't be any extra reservations. Yeah. Because now I had this other implication and this other variable was in play. That being a real estate agent needed to show the house. Now, think about how difficult that is if, if a multi-unit building has Airbnbs in multiple units. <laughs> They're never available on the same day. So I had to then create a calendar for her I said, well, unit, you know, such and such will be open these days. And then, you know, and on that day, it's only available between 10 a.m. and 3, and you're going to run into the cleaners. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And so the cleaners were getting stepped on by showings, especially if they were weekends. I was actually at one of the units uh, one of the days that it was open for that five-hour time period between 10 and 3. Multiple people came walking right through over freshly washed floors and vacuum carpet. And I yeah. was just like, oh, my gosh, this is annoying. But it's whatever. It's just we had to deal with it. So anyway, um, one of the other things was, you know, what do you do with the surplus of furniture? There's sell it, throw it, or store it. Okay, so went to one of the other owners, said, you know, I think I'm going to convert some of your properties next spring. Are we good with that? And we made a deal. So I took a significant amount of the uh, furnishings that were high quality. And I didn't want to toss them. I didn't want to sell them. I didn't want to give up the, the capital that it took to have them. Because um, you're never going to get actual cost Correct. back. It just doesn't work that way. Stored like eight beds. <laughs> Nine, actually, in a storage unit. Stacked them up like pancakes, right? So it's just mattress box springs just to the ceiling in this place. 
wrapped everything up. And then a certain number of the couches got upcycled to some of my other Airbnbs. And so I just improved my portfolio, if you will, and said, okay, well, that's a nicer couch than unit over here has. Let's just switch them out and toss the one. So in that respect, something's got tossed. But it was an overall good improvement because I got a lot of high quality stuff out of a group of properties and moved it into other units and made them better. Yeah. So so several and, of my yeah. properties got better. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it on uh, on the Facebook marketplace in, in Florida where people are selling a ton of furniture and you come to the realization that it was a rental arbitrage of a house or an apartment that, that didn't work out. So I'll There's make this. There's a lot of reasons it doesn't work yeah, out beyond this. But I'll make the one point of don't uh, don't overbuy your unit. Right. So when I, I'm, I'm talking about one in particular that I recently saw and it was like all Ashley's furniture and I don't, it was in an apartment and I don't know where the apartment was located, but there's really no reason to go buy all Ashley's furniture if you're in an apartment, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess if you're in a super high-end apartment, but the chances of you uh, rental arbitrating a super high-end luxury apartment complex lease is not the world's most likely scenario, but no. uh, that's something else we'll get into at a later date. Yeah, you, you have to know your market. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, how are you pricing? What kind of place are you in? You know, are you near something that's going to bring in that money? Correct. So anyway, the process was actually quite stressful. I'm not going to sit and lie to you guys. It was it was quite the ordeal getting everything moved out of there, moving things between guests, um, getting the guests to move out, and having here's here's the kicker, bro. Uh, from the day the last guest checked out to the day the properties were closing was uh, about three or four days. I had. To like actually, oh, that's wild. Yeah. So one of them I had a little more time, but then a couple of them it was just like, all right, they checked out and the clock was on. So I'll just make this confession right here. <laughs> Thanksgiving, when all of you guys were with your families, like everybody listening, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and, and you know whatever. I got up Thanksgiving morning and I went to a property and I started packing. I spent the whole day moving furniture and packing. The next day, one of my helpers that works for me and my other company, uh, we, we packed unit number two that day. So it was like a Thursday, I packed one whole place myself. A Friday, we packed up a whole other place. And then I moved everything I could move with the help of one person in, in one day. And then I spent the entire weekend working. Truckload by truckload by truckload. And, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was an ordeal. Um, so... It was a nice reminder that um, passive and residual income is a beautiful thing, but occasionally it asks something of you. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, I, did I feel it that week? Yeah. You know, uh, it was a little tough getting up uh, Monday morning, going to my real job, <laughs> you know, running the remodeling company. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's like, it's just, it is what it is. You got to man up. You got to go do these things. It's just what yep. you have to do. You have to go put in the work. So um, don't think it's all peaches and cream and, and unicorns and rainbows. It's not. There are moments when you're going to have to man up and do things. And things are going to happen to you that are uncomfortable. And things are going to happen to you that you don't have control over. And when someone says, hey, I have the right to sell my property. I am retiring and this is it. I'm over this rental business. I just need to be retired. I mean, the guy was almost 80 years old. Is Okay, cool. Okay. He's done. Yeah, done. You know, I get it. Um, I could have attempted to buy them, but in this real estate market, I couldn't have made any money on them. You know, that's another thing. Don't get yourself buried in a mortgage you can't afford to then rent it yeah. as rent, you know, as Airbnb or anything for that matter. So somebody else paid too much. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. That's their problem. But anyway, um, so 
that's kind of the nuts and bolts of closing a place down. Um, you know, sell what you need to and throw away what you don't like anymore. If it wasn't good enough, if you don't think it's worth your time to sell it, you don't think it's worth your time to store it, toss it out. Part ways. Correct. Do not be a hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> it came down. I kept having to say that. Everybody working around me thought it was hilarious. I was like, I'm not a hoarder. And I'd walk to the dumpster with something. <laughs> like, getting rid of this as well. And people would be like, hey, that's not that bad. I'm like, are you taking it home? No. Then it's going in the trash. We're not having a conversation about it. We're, we're parting ways with things. So that's what happened. So anyway, um, that's it for the uh, closing down an Airbnb episode. You got anything else to add? No, that's pretty much it. All right, let's wrap it up. Go uh, go follow us on Instagram. Find us there at Vacation Rail Insiders. Uh, like and subscribe us on the, on Spotify or uh, iTunes wherever you find us, um, and uh, subscribe wherever. And in the meantime, be the best host you can be, and go get that money. Go get that money. Thanks for listening to the Vacation Rental Insiders podcast. Please remember to rate us so other smart people just like you can find us. And hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be the best host you can be.